Uh, in Luke chapter 10, this chapter we find that the Lord anointed and appointed uh, 70 extra disciples to join in his gospel preaching. Uh, you'll find in verse 1 where the Lord anointed the other 70 besides his 12 disciples and he anointed the uh, 70 other fellows uh, to go out and preach uh, everywhere that the Lord was going to go. He, he prepared them. They prepared a way for him. Uh, they preached the gospel, setting it up for when Christ come through. But I want to turn to your attention when they came back. What happened when they came back from preaching? They, they were excited about the results and of the power of God. And what God had done for them and what God had uh, done in their lives. And they were excited about what they seen God do. That We all ought to be excited for what we see God do in our lives. But look at verse number 17. Let us stand. It said, And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Now, I want you to notice that it's not subject because of their names or what they're done, but because of his name. And he said unto them, I, I beheld Satan as lightning falling from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to thread over the serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall be means hurt you, notwithstanding in his rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In that hour Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes, even so, Father, for so I sing good in thy sight. All things are delivered to me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son is but the Father, who the Father is but the Son, and he to whom he Son shall reveal. And he turned him unto his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things that you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see the things which you see, and have not seen them. And to hear the things which you hear and have not heard them. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this morning, Lord, for all that you've done. We thank you for your mercy, your grace, your love. Uh, Father, I pray for the hearts to be reunited with you, Lord. Get our minds set on you this morning. Lord, let this year be all about your business, Lord. It's not about what I want to do, what anybody else wants to do, but Lord, what you need us to do. And I pray that, Lord, that you be real to us, Lord. And touch hearts and lift us up and encourage us and give us the strength, Lord. Empty myself and fill me with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And verse 17, I like the fact that Jesus called 70 other unnamed uh, people to do something for him. You say, why do you, why do you like that? Uh, nowhere in the Bible you read about their names. No name is ever given to these 70, this crowd. I like that because you don't have to be a Simon Peter to do something good for God. You don't have to be a James or John or a Mark or a Thomas or Thaddeus to do something great for God. You don't have to be a big name disciple to do something for the Lord. I'm glad that God uses little unnamed people like me. My name will never be in lights. My name will never be recorded in the scriptures. But I'm glad God gives us something to do for His glory. God allows us to take part as an unnamed faithful disciple simply doing the work of God. In verse 17 they said they came back. When they came back they were joyful. Can I say there, there's only one way to have true joy in the Christian life and Christian walk? And that is doing what God has told you to do, what God has asked you to do. There's no peace, saith the Lord, to the wicked. There's no joy in the Christian life by doing your own thing, by living according to your own will or your mindset. 
The only way to have joy in the Christian walk. And I, I, I think that's why we see so many miserable Christians today. Because they're so self-willed. They're, they're so ate up with self. They, they never do what God asked them to do because they just want to do my thing. I want to do my thing. And they, they end up living a rotten, miserable Christian life. And everybody thinks living for God must be miserable life when you see those people. It's not. If you're that way, He asked us to do, there's joy in serving God. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. These fellows are rejoicing. There's a lot of reasons to be rejoicing. He's shouting in verse 19, but uh, these fellows are not only rejoicing, they're not the only ones rejoicing. In verse 21, and this is unique, it's precious, this is the only time in your Bible you'll find where it records Jesus rejoices. Now we know He rejoiced throughout the times. We know that. But this is the only time in the Bible that's recorded that Jesus rejoices. The God-man, the Savior rejoices. Now we should take notice of this this morning. This is noteworthy because if you want to be more like Jesus, you need to learn how to rejoice like Jesus. We, we always say, Lord, make me more like you. Then you should love the things that the Lord loved. Rejoice over the things that the Lord rejoiced over. Hate the things that God hates. Leave the things alone that God left alone. And here in the text we find that Jesus rejoices. I'm asking from me to you. We don't rejoice over the things that God rejoices over. We rejoice over, we rejoice over raises at work. We rejoice over uh, 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 a new house or a new car. We rejoice over uh, the team winning the uh, winning basket or the home run or the winning uh, touchdown. That's, that's what we rejoice over, things of the temporal world. We rejoice over that thing. We don't rejoice over the things that God rejoices over. We find these things that Jesus rejoiced over. Not on an earthly plane, Not on a temporal plane. Things that are passing away. Things that's going to go away. But Jesus was given and prone to rejoice over those things that did not always pass, did not pass away, but on heavenly things. Things that revealed by the Father. Things that not only knowing by trusting Jesus, Walking with Jesus, more learning more about Jesus. I looked up that word rejoice. I want to know exactly what it was what it meant when it said Jesus rejoiced. In the text, it means to be exceedingly glad or to literally jump for joy. I mean, something that has to got Jesus up has got in his crawl. Jesus is that big that he starts rejoicing in the Spirit. But he's not one of these people who say, well, I'm rejoicing inwardly. We see a lot of people say, well, I, I'm, I'm rejoicing inwardly. Uh, how do they know that you're rejoicing in the Spirit if you're doing it inwardly? If you're rejoicing in the Spirit, somewhere along the line, it's going to pop out some on the outside. Somewhere along the line, if something is happening and you rejoice in the Spirit, we're going to see it on the outside. 
I mean, Jesus is saying, glory to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And he just starts jumping around, thanking God and praising God. He was rejoicing. Now, Jesus ain't supposed to be acting like that. He was a Baptist. He's supposed to keep a low key. No, Jesus said, you know what? I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to let everybody around me know that I'm rejoicing. Do you have to let people know around you that you're rejoicing? I don't have to let people know when I'm rejoicing. I get excited, I get excited, and I don't care where I'm at. Jesus acting this way, but the disciples took such notice in, and recorded it in the scriptures that Jesus is rejoicing in the Spirit. So I want to look at this morning and try to be brief for you this morning. Look at some things that caused Jesus to rejoice out of this scripture, out of the, uh, that verse there where Jesus rejoiced in verse 21. Uh -uh. What made Jesus get so excited that he would uh, jump for joy? Uh, let me ask you this question. What would make you jump for joy? What would make you just, oh, just get up and go, praise God? I'm quite sure it's not the same things that Jesus got excited about. First thing is show you that he got excited about because Jesus rejoiced over written titles. Things that were written down. It's interesting in verse 21 it said, In that hour Jesus rejoiced. What's going on in that hour that made him rejoice? Something has happened in that time span that has made Jesus get right happy. And we find it in verse 20. Notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject on you, but rather rejoice because your name is written in heaven. Part of that caused Jesus to rejoice and start thinking the Father was the fact that these disciples' names were written not in this world, but written in another world. He rejoiced over there where these names were written down at. Did you notice where they're written down at? Your names are written in heaven. Jesus looked at the disciples and said, Boys, don't get so excited over the demons subject unto you. Don't get so excited that things happen. You see great things going on. Because sometimes in a life, your life, the devil's going to get the best of you. So don't get happy over that. He said, hey, hey don't get so excited that you was conquering a lot of things. Because sometimes in life, it drags you down. He said, don't, don't put a lot of confidence in that stuff. Don't put a lot of faith in that stuff. He said, but what you really need to focus on As your name is written down in heaven. There's been times I didn't get the victory over the devil. The devil beat me up pretty good. Went up one side and down the other side. And all of us know what it's like to be whipped by the devil. All of us know what it's like to be whipped by trials and tribulations. I don't get so excited on the fact who won today. You might won the battle today, but hold on, you might lose the battle tomorrow. Because there's another one coming. Don't think it cannot happen to you because you're such a spiritual super Christian. Don't think the devil can't knock you off your feet. Yes, he can. He said, boys... Don't rejoice over that. Don't rejoice over the ability that you have because you might not have the strength tomorrow. There are times in your life you're going to be strong today and tomorrow you're going to be weak. I found my strength fluctuates. 
I found that some of my abilities when I walk with God, I'm not today, hot today, and cold tomorrow. It runs up and down. And Jesus is saying this, don't get so focused on the devil. Don't get so focused on your strength because it fluctuates and, and, and it changes. You're not going to be the same today as you are tomorrow. One day you win, one day you're going to lose. He said, let me give you something that makes me rejoice. That should make you rejoice. Don't rejoice, oh, what's going on in this way, or what's going on that way. You ought to shout on the fact there's something the devil can't, can't do nothing about this morning. There's something all the demons in hell can't change this morning. There's something that is fixed and there's something that is settled no matter if you're strong one day, weak the next day, up one day, down the next day. If you're super spiritual today, tomorrow you fell flat on your face, don't worry about it. But if you're saved by the grace of God, rejoice over the Lord that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. If my name was written down here, I'd be awful scared. That a thief may come and steal my name where it was written down at. If it was written down here, I'd be awful nervous that a committee could be formed together and change the standards and kick me out. If my name was written down here, I'd get upset. But this morning I'm rejoicing over the fact that my name is not written down this earth. But the Bible said where it's written down in. There's a gate that guards it. There's a wall that guard it. The King of kings and the Lord of lords is sitting there guarding my name. And it's a seven sealed book that no one can open it but Him, the Lamb of God. The fact that my name is written down there where the thief can't steal it. No one can erase it but God. My name is written in the third heaven where the Lord has done safekeeping this morning. He rejoiced over whose titles they were. He said, but rather rejoice because your name's you, you mean my name? If you're washed by the blood, yes, my name, your name, is going to be in that book. It, it may not be important down here, but there's coming a day that your name recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life is going to be awful important. It will not be signed with the seal of the President. My name will not be on a contract with an NBA, NFL, or a baseball contract. My name is never going to be there. But let me just say, my name is recorded in a place that's much more precious than all of that. And that's in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm rejoicing over the fact that this world has nothing to give, but God has placed my name where I know He's going to prepare When it's all said and done, where is your name recorded at? There's only one place that really matters. My, my name is on the mortgage for the house. My name is on the car payments. My name is here, my name is there, but really, truthfully, none of those really matter because they can be erased and done away with. But it's recorded in the Lamb's book of life. I rejoice over that. And Jesus rejoices over that. I love the song, I know my name is written there. Do you know your name is written there this morning? Without a shadow of doubt this morning, do you know, do you know your name is recorded there? 
I'll tell you what, I would not leave here this morning not knowing that my name was not recorded there. I'll be worried. Jesus rejoiced over written titles. I'm curious, do you know if your name is written there? Do you have cause to rejoice? Did you, you get excited about what I just said? About your name recorded there? Because Jesus was happy. Jesus was shouting. And let me tell you what, I have to say this. If Jesus got excited and he started going, praise God, praise God. And he said, your names are recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. And if he said that, and we sit around like this. My name's going to help you. Yeah, my name's right. Some of us sang this morning. Yeah. I'll fly away. <laughs> oh, I'll fly away. We don't sing. We're not excited about anything no more. I, I got a feeling a lot of us sit in the pews today say, Look, move me if you can. Bless me if you can. No. I shouldn't have to bless you. I shouldn't have to move you. You should be all ready when you come to the door. You are ready to come in saying, I'm coming to worship God. I'm coming to praise God. Why are you here this morning? I've come to praise God. Why? Because he written my name down in heaven. I've got something to shout about. Amen. Well, that's, that's okay. I'm dignified. I'll worship with you. Do you know this morning that your name is there? And if you know for sure, if you know for sure your name is written in that book, no matter, no matter where else it's written in this world, if your name is written in that book, the seven sealed book that only the Lamb of God can open, you ought to be rejoicing this morning. You ought to be shouting and praising God this morning, thanking God for Him even recording your name in the Lamb's book of life. Yeah, yeah, my name is there. My name is there. Really? I'd be jumping with joy. I do jump with joy. Y'all keep setting. It may hit you sooner or later. Is your name recorded there? Amen. Jesus rejoices over the titles written this morning. Not only that, he rejoices over restricted thoughts. You see, where do you see that? Verse 21. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hiddest these things from the wise and the prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in thy sight. Let me say that if you try to outsmart God, it'll never work. You think you're going to wise God, it ain't never going to work. If you think you're going to figure and reason out God, it'll never work. If you think you're smarter than God, He's going to let you know. He's going to let you slide by. I, I got it all figured out. Some of you think you're wise this morning. I'm wise all that religious stuff thinking that you're smarter than this. What's going on with the preaching and the Word of God, the singing? I'm smarter than that. Can I give you a word to wise, sir, ma'am, young person? On what the Bible said about that, God will hide from you what I'm preaching about this morning. So you can see even... You can't even understand it. And if you try to outsmart God and rejoice the light that God has given you, God will shut that light off and let you go on your own way. 
and drive off head first into the lake of fire doing your own thing this morning. You ain't got to turn there, but verse, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. Let me read this to you. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishly. But unto us which are saved is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wise of the wise and will bring nothing to the understanding of the prudent. There is wise. Where is the scribes? Where is the dis disputers of the world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wise, wise wisdom of God, the world wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to say then that believe. For the Jews required a sign and the Greeks seeked out the wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks a foolishness. But unto them which are called both Jews, Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God because the foolishness of God is wiser than man and the weakness of God is stronger than man. For you see your calling, brother, how that not many wise men out the flesh, not many are not able or called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that which are mighty. You may think you're wise this morning. You may think you're smart this morning. But you ain't smarter than God. The Bible said here that Jesus rejoiced and thanked God for hiding things from the wise and the prudent. Well, who are the wise, preacher? The wise are the scribes, the Pharisees, the doctors, the lawyers of that day. Because they all mocked Jesus. They all mocked His preaching. They were crowded around that Jesus and said, He, 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 he aged you to, uh, didn't repent. He said, uh, uh, repent at the preaching of John. He said, y'all didn't repent at the preaching of John. You know why they didn't repent at the preaching of John? It was simple for them. He wasn't dignified. He didn't wear that three-piece suit. They came to hear the preaching of John, and they didn't like what John said. John stood up and says, Oh, repent, O generation of vipers, who have warned you to flee from the wrath to come. All of those religious, self-righteous religious people says, Excuse me, you calling me a snake? I am smarter than that. You see, God doesn't have, have save anybody that doesn't humble themselves and realize that they are a sinner this morning. And they, they, they reject the preaching of John. So when Jesus shows up on the scene and it just it laughed at him and mocked him, Every time Jesus was talking, the Pharisees, they would try to catch him in his own words, the Bible said. They weren't looking for the truth. They were looking to mock and laugh. And when he was finally nailed to the cross, they laughed at him and said, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest up in three days, save thyself. Come down from the cross. He saved others but cannot save himself. They mocked him. Who are these people? These are the wise guys. They're still sitting in church today. These wise guys. I, I've dealt with these wise guys before. Where did Cain get his wife? Did Adam have a neighbor? I don't know. When I get to heaven, I'll ask. We get on the small things. Look at the small things. If you get so wrapped up in the things of this world, and listen to me, please listen to me. If you get so wrapped up in the things of this world thinking you're smarter than God, I'm going to tell you, God is going to let you bust hell wide open. 
He's going to let you bust hell wide open. I wouldn't be sitting here this morning thinking I'm smarter than God. Why isn't it God? I've got God all figured out. I understand God because no one, His ways are not our ways. His ways are much higher than our ways. We cannot understand God. Because they were not looking for the truth. The problem is a lot of people today, they, they want the truth, but when the truth is given to them, they reject the truth. We find that in churches today. In fact, you ain't got to turn it out either. Proverbs chapter 1. In chapter 1 of Proverbs it says, Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. That's what God is doing today. He's making his words known to you. Because I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. But you have set at naught all my counsel, and with none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation, your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, then stress and anguish come upon you, then shall I call unto me, what, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For they hated the knowledge and did not choose the fear of God. They were none of my counsel and despised all my reproof, Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own ways and be filled with their own devices. God said he'll laugh at your calamity. God said he's going to laugh at your time. I, 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 I get this. My mind works in a weird way. I, I think that a lot of people think, well, when I get to heaven, I'll stand for God and I can explain myself. This is what I did, and this is why I did it. Well, that ain't going to work. I get to think that everybody thinks that God's going to say, okay, we'll let you slide on that. We'll let you slide on No, God's not like that. God's not going to let you do that. I'm telling you, when God says, depart from me, you work for iniquity, I never knew you. He's going to kick you right out into the lake of fire. God ain't going to be sitting on the hook. Oh, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> Told you so. He's going to laugh at you. He's going to laugh at you. See, we, we get this idea that God is just, He's love, and He's going, to be, he's, going to be, he's going to be all merciful, and God is love, and He is all merciful, but there's stipulations in order to see the mercy and love of God. You must have salvation. You must trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and be washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We see people like that today. You see the implications of that. It's almost too terrifying to talk about. The implications of that is just, it's never implied, but it confirmed that in the different texts of the scriptures. When God started pitching these people in the lake of fire, the last thing they will hear will be God not crying, but God laughing. You mocked my religion. You mocked my word. You see that preacher up there yelling and screaming and spitting all over the place, everywhere. Ha, 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 God. There's no God. Why should I get upset? Why should I worry about that? The last laugh you're going to hear is God laughing at you as you hit the lake of fire. And if that's real for some of you, it's because the Bible said so. You say, preach, I don't want that to happen to me. Then you better start humbling yourself. Start junking your own wisdom and take the foolishness of God and the Word of God this morning. He said he hid it from the wise. 
They ain't the only people that he hid it from this morning in the text. He hid it from the prudent. There are two different types of people, wise and prudent. The prudent is someone that is careful. Someone, a prudent person is someone that is very careful. They're like this. Well, I heard the word, but I'm just going to have to study on it for a while. I, I'm not going to jump right into it because there might be something wrong about that, so I'm just going to study on that for a while. I'm going to study on what the preacher said. I really don't know if there's a lake of fire. I haven't seen a lake around here that's burning. I don't know that. I, I've got to study. They're real careful about stepping out for God. They want everything figured out. They want all the T's crossed and I's dying. They're very pretty. They're very careful about what God is saying. Whoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. Whoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. If you want to save your life, you've got to lose it for the gospel's sake. Look, look who the prudents are in chapter 9. Do you see what the Lord is telling these people? There's no way to serve God. You figured it out all well, Lord. I, I I'll do this when I will do that. I'll do that. That's not the way it works. Some of you are waiting for serve God when you get all your ducks in the row. When you get it all figured out. Can I say you'll never serve God? You'll never, you'll never know how you serve God. You want to know how you serve God? Say, Lord, I'm available. Whatever, whenever, whoever, whatever you want me to do, Lord, I am available for you. When it seems impossible, I'll live by faith. When it seems like I don't know what's going to go on, I'll live by grace. God, I'm leaning on you and watch what God will do for you this morning. What, what did Jesus tell Martha? Martha was busy around cooking and running through the house cleaning up, but Mary was at the feet of Jesus. It kind of made Martha Mary, mad, Mary. And she come to Jesus and said, Jesus, won't you bid her to help me? He said, Martha, Martha, you're careful nothing Mary has chosen the good thing have you chosen the good thing some of us get so careful for everything in this world that we miss what God is trying to do in our lives we miss what God is trying to bring about in our lives I told you this year is all about God's business and if you get so wrapped up in this world you'll miss what God wants in your life you say, well, I don't know what if I want God in my life. I'm telling you what, you'll want God in your life when you go from this life. He's the only thing you need in your life when it comes to that. Because the 70 saw the hand of God on them, the power of God moved. I found out living for God a long time ago. If you have to sit back and try to figure God out, I'm never going to fund it. I'm never going to do it. I'm never going to move. It will never get done. But if God asked me to do it, I will say, Lord, I don't know what you want me to do or where you want me to go, but I'm willing to just do what you tell me to do. I'm trusting you by faith. You see the protection of God. You see the power of God. God supply. But you'll never get that by trying to figure God out. The 70 was anointed and appointed to go out and preach and they went out and preached and they saw the supply of God in their life and the power of God in their life. They didn't question it. So we've gotten so smart we want to question everything God tells us to do what God brings it about.
He rejoiced over written titles. Where they're written at. There was rejoicing over revealed truth. Look at the truths that were revealed in verse 21. Thou hast hid it, these things from the wise and the prudent, has revealed them unto babes. The people he reveals stuff to don't deserve it. And they know they don't. He calls them babes. You know what that means? If you're going to get anything from this secret stuff that I'm giving you, I'm telling you, you're going to have to come to become one of the little children to get it. Yeah, have you ever seen how a child would act? You can almost tell a child anything and they'll just grab a hold of it and believe it. I mean, has anybody ever were told when they were young, the moon is made of cheese? And you're trying to figure out how to get a slice of it? How do I get up there and get that cheese? We, we just grab a hold of them. And Jesus is telling them, hey, they're like babes. Uh, I'm telling them with the truth of stuff. And it's been hidden from the wise and prudent. But these come as babes. And they look at it as a babe. And they just grab a hold of it. Can you grab a hold of it this morning? Man spent three days and nights in a whale's belly. He got spit up and went and preached, and 120,000 people got saved. You believe that? I absolutely do believe that. He brought over a million plus out of Egypt and parted the sea, and they walked over and drowned around. And when they got on the other side, the sea came back and drowned their enemies. You believe that? absolutely believe that not a doubt in my mind one day God came to my heart and said you do you believe I've sent my perfect son into this world to suffer bleed and die on a cross and he died for your sins and he got up on the third day you put your faith and trust in that I will give you eternal life and I came by faith I said, I believe, I believe. God said, I will show you. I want to hide it from you. You will not be here anymore. You can have it this morning. He, he revealed to the people that did not deserve it this morning. Just simple folks that want to be part as babes means just being simpleton. I'm not trying to figure it out. I'm not trying to work it out. I'm just going to simply believe. You know what the Bible said about these people that love the preaching of Jesus? It said, the common people heard him gladly. You know who likes preaching? Common, ordinary folks. I preached in some places where people would come up to me uh, that they're on the upper side and they had their nose too far up. And, and I preach, and I, I preach the same way all the time. I don't get real eloquent. I don't have eloquent speech. I have been told I have been one of the uneducated preachers there ever was. I haven't argued with them either, because I am. But I preached for those people that were like that. And I get up and I preach and I rant, snap, and snort, and everything else. And then the preacher came to me after that. I said, Brother, we can't have you back here. I said, What's wrong? I said, You scare these people. I said, What do you mean you scare the people? Well, all that stuff you was preaching, I said, Well, that's Bible. He said, Yeah, but they don't know that. They got problems. It's the simple folks. And you know, it's not those high educated people trying to, it's not a room full of professors trying to figure out when you start preaching that Jesus died on the cross and blurred him in the grave and three days later out there said, wait a minute, that can't happen. That's a dead man. He can't get out of the grave. That, that just cannot, I cannot fathom, I cannot figure that out. I cannot work that out. I don't believe you. We ain't got to. It's the simpleton. Ordinary people. 
that's looking for something, that desires something. Their life is not where it should be. And they say, well, I've tried it on every plane in the world. But you know what? If you have to grab a hold of God, and God will show you something different. Amen. Amen. Do, do you believe everything in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation? I believe every word of it to be true. I don't doubt not one word in the Bible. Because if I start... If I start doubting a word in the Bible, I become a wise and a prudent man and start questioning everything that God said. I don't know if Adam had a navel. Don't really care. Amen. Got to come as a babe. Just take it as it is. Amen. The preaching was so simple to them, they needed Dr. Bottle Stopper and Dr. Nasal Bridges to try to explain it to them. They used these dollar and 50 cent words. I got two cent words. They, they feel like they needed to be listening to somebody that had a higher education for them to understand it. I read to you in 1 Corinthians where God says, doesn't deal in wisdom of this world. He dealt in the foolishness of preaching. And if you think you need one of those high, polluting, plain preachers, then you're in the wrong place. I'm not He. God even gave it to you. They rejoice over revealing the truths of those that don't deserve it. You and I do not deserve it. But that's something we ought to shout the roof off because we did not deserve it, but God gave it to us. That's the plan of God. And we know the plan of God. That ought to just make you shout there. We know the plan of God. And that blesses my heart this morning. There, there's an, I, I, I got to looking up the intelligent people, and I didn't realize the IQs went up that high, but some of them got almost 300, 400 IQs. I didn't know, too smart for themselves. I mean, I, I was reaching that, I was reading all that. People got. High cues of 280, 250, 300, and stuff like that. But they don't know the simple truth. They can't even get what I'm preaching about this morning. And if you got it this morning, you ought to be blessed by the holy name of God and rejoice over the fact that you got it. He revealed the truth to those that took it for granted. Verse 23. And he turned unto his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see these things that you see. Verse 24. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see the things which you see, have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear and not hear them. Some people are sitting in church this morning have been so Unindated with the real revealed truth of God, it does not excite them anymore. The singing doesn't excite you anymore. Sunday school teaching don't excite you no more. The preaching don't excite you anymore. It doesn't remake you joyous in nothing. And yet the Bible said it was a whole prophets and wise men that wish they could see the things that you are seeing today there are kings that wish they, they wish they could see the things that you're seeing today do you realize what elijah would have done if he'd see the things that you have saw if he knew the things that you know elijah didn't know the death burial and resurrection he didn't know the living christ he didn't know that Yet that did not stop him from serving god and we have a hard time serving God and we know the truth. We know the revealed truth of God and we have a hard time serving Him. The kings desire to see the things you see. you imagine what David would have done if he knew the things that you know? He, he, what he, the things you've seen, David could see. He didn't have the New Testament. He didn't have the Holy Ghost. He didn't have a crucified, risen Savior. David didn't have what you got this morning. But over and over in the Bible, David goes leaping and jumping and dancing and praising the Lord and giving God the glory. He didn't have anything like you got. Why can't we be more like David and just take it by faith and say, God, I believe I'm going to jump with joy. 
And yet of these truths we hear, we're so unindated. We just sit there and, and do nothing. Bless me if you can. I say it's still exciting. I, I'm still blessed by the word of God. We ought to be the most fired up crowd in the community. Because you've got something to be excited about this morning. Something to rejoice about this morning. Something to praise God about this morning. And we know the truth. And the truth has made us free. God help us to take it, to not take it for granted. So blessed are the eyes which see the things that you see. People getting right with God. People coming down to the altar, getting their life changed. People getting saved. Blessed are the eyes that see the things that you see. We got some new rejoicing about. I've seen changed lives. I've seen healed lives. Blessed are the eyes that see the things that you see. I've seen God move in lives and took a drunkard and make them sober. I've seen God take a life of a drug addict and clean them up and make them clean again. Blessed are the eyes that see the things that you see. And we cannot rejoice over that fact. Because we're so unindated with the revealed truth. It just does not move us anymore. It just does not excite us anymore. Lord, help us. God, help us. If we cannot get excited over what God is doing. I want to be excited on everything that God does. And I truly believe God's got some great things for this church in 2023 that I'm so eager to see what God can do in this next year. Amen. People getting involved. People coming and said, I want to be a part. I want to do this. I want to do that. And just grab a hold and watch God work in their lives and change their lives. That's what I want. To see a changed life. A saved life. I'm not asking God to send millions of people here. I'm just saying, Lord, God, just see them save people. We want to see people get saved. We talked about the kids last night. And she said, all I want to do is see these kids get saved. That's all I want. Someone to get saved. A life to be changed. The 